What's going on, people? It's your boy, Kalechi, back with another episode of the Ramblin' Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? I hope y'all are staying safe. I hope y'all are doing all the things you know you ought to do during these pandemic corona stricken times. I'm going to keep talking about washing our hands. I'm going to keep talking about wearing a mask. I'm going to keep talking about staying away from people because we are still dealing with this coronavirus. It is still ravaging us and it's starting to have all kinds of mutations and all kinds of strands and all kinds of, you know, all the stuff that we don't want to deal with. The good news is we do have vaccines. We have some vaccines, but it doesn't mean that we can start taking this thing lightly. If nothing else, it means that we should take this thing more seriously because that just means there will be more people who will just kind of be doing whatever they want to do anyway. So just, you know, keep taking this thing seriously. The darkest time of the night is right before the dawn. So it's the same way we got to think about this coronavirus period. We're right at the breaking point. We can see the light at the end of the tunnel, but this is the... The easiest time for us to start making mistakes and start doing things and slipping up and causing all kinds of problems for ourselves. So we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. We want to stay focused to make sure that we're taking care of not just ourselves, but also of all our loved ones, our friends and our families and the people that we kind of just tolerate around us. But anyway... Welcome back to the podcast. If this is your first time around here, make sure you hit that subscribe button on your way on this podcast. First of all, you should go tell your friend, thank you for sending me the Rambling Mind podcast. This dude is really cool. Or maybe you don't think I'm really cool and you just think that this guy likes to talk way too much. You're right. And he goes on a lot of tangents. You're also right. But anyway, on this podcast, we like to talk about all things personal finance and investing and sometimes We like to touch on politics just once in a while because politics tends to affect the dollars that are in our pockets. And we like to break that stuff down usually on Thursdays when we talk about the business news. But on Tuesdays, we like to talk about all things personal finance and investing. And today we're going to be talking about investing. And today I'm actually going to talk about my favorite ETFs or rather my top five ETFs that everybody, or not everybody, but I like as a starting point for anybody who's just starting out investing. Maybe you were invited in on this whole GameStop fiasco and you're like, you know what? I need to get my life together. I need to start investing in the stock market. Well, these five ETFs that I'm going to go through, and we'll have some honorable mentions as well, but these can be basically the foundation of your investing portfolio. These can be basically the foundation of how you start out investing. I'm not saying this should be the be all end all because everybody wants to try new things as they start investing. That's just natural to want to do. Every single one of us who ever started out investing started out, some of us started off doing the wrong thing, which is we started off trying to day trade, which is not exactly the thing to start off with. We started off trying to do options trading, which is a whole risky thing that you shouldn't be starting off with. But there are some people who do and they've made it successful for them. Well, that's them. This is me. And this is what I believe should be the foundation or rather can be the starting ground, the the starting point of where you start investing your money. Because I know when you start investing and when you start to try to learn to invest, it can be complicated. It can feel like a lot of jargon. It can feel like a lot of noise being pushed at you. And it's hard to actually keep up with it when you feel like I got to jump in. I got to jump in. I got to jump in. With these ETFs that I'm going to give you today, you'll be able to start investing. In other words, you'll be able to start putting your money into the market to get some of those market returns And at the same time, be learning about how to invest in single stocks and all the other fun things that goes along with investing, but your money won't just be sitting in a savings account somewhere. But 
before we even get into any of this stuff, first of all, I always have to go back to this, which is there is a way for you to invest your money. There is a hierarchy of investment. We've talked about it before, but we all, I always have to put this out there because there's a lot of people that are just going to open a Robinhood account and that's all they're going to open up. And there's no tax benefits with just opening a Robinhood or any other brokerage account. It's important that you understand that because of tax purposes and to ensure that you are doing everything that is good for you as far as taxes and all these other stuff are concerned, you have to open accounts in this order. One, if you have a 401k at your job, please, please, please contribute to that thing, at least to your employer match to start off with. Make sure you're contributing to that thing. That's literally free money. Do not leave free money on the table. Never leave free money on the table. So contribute to your 401k plan. And then after that, open up a Roth IRA. And this is also a great one because this one, you won't even get taxed on it once you put money into it because you've already been taxed on it. And so your growth will be tax-free and everything. So contribute to your 401k. If you can, max that bad boy out. If you can't, well, just contribute as much as you can into that Roth IRA. And then after that, if you have access to something called a HSA account, I will contribute to my HSA account. This one doesn't get taxed either. It just has a limitation on how much you can actually contribute to it, just like with the Roth IRA and also with the 401k. But regardless, those are the first three accounts that you need to be investing in or using to invest before we start going into other things like a brokerage now. So these are your Robin Hoods of the world. These are your Fidelity finances of the world. Well, Fidelity also has Roth IRAs accounts, but these are like M1 Finance, Fidelity, well, I keep putting Fidelity in there because that's the one that's on top of my mind. But you got M1 Finance, you got Webull, you got Robinhood, you got Public, you got all these other brokerages that you hear about and see about all the time. This is when you open that account. But I wouldn't open these until I've already started funding my 401k plan and also funding my Roth IRA and funding my HSA because that is literally free money in various ways that you're getting from your, your workplace, especially with the 401k and also tax-free dollars in the Roth IRA, the 401k, and the HSA. So just keep that in mind as we go into this. But to start off with, first of all, if you don't know what an ETF is, an ETF is an exchange-traded fund. An easy way to think of an ETF is basically a basket of stocks in one traded stock on the stock market. Instead of you trying to figure out which stock is going to perform well, which stock is going to be the one to be your best bank for your buck and all that kind of stuff, you can just buy ETFs that will just track an index sometimes or just track a selected amount of stocks that somebody has put together. And so that's the easiest way. It's kind of like sometimes we go shopping for chips and we're in the supermarket and we're like, you know what? I know I'm going to love this lace chip, but I'm not sure if this lace chip is going to be the best chip for me. So I'm just going to buy this assorted box of chips to make sure that I get all the different flavors of a, chi of a chip and hopefully I like all of them or hopefully all of them are good. That's how to think about a ETF. It's a great way to start investing and it's a great way to reduce your risk. One of the things that I'm starting to learn is investing is less about your magical returns and more about making sure that you're managing your risk, your downside potential, your potential to go bust, your potential to lose all your money. But anyway, we'll go ahead and get started with ETF number one. This one is the most basic ETF that anybody can buy because this ETF just tracks the entire U.S. Uh, stock market. It just tracks the entire U.S. broad market. And this ETF is VTI, the Vanguard Total Stock Market ETF. Now, before we go further into this, 
there's a couple of things that I have to say as like the, the, the rules of the ETF being selected in this fund. There are two things and two criteria that all of this ETF had to meet. One, they had to be passively managed because with this ETF, I wanted it to be something that can just basically flow with the market to make sure that over time, you don't have to spend all kinds of money on fees and all those kind of things. And just you're just flowing with the market. So that was one. The second one, a uh, second criteria for the ETF was it had to have low fees. In other words, I'm not about to give you an ETF that's going to eat into your profits, eat into your returns on the back end because you're paying all kinds of fees to track a generally easy index to track. So we're not going to do that. What we're going to do is to ETFs that have really low cost fees. In other words, lower than like 0.1%. In some cases, I may make some expect exceptions for some of these ETFs, but generally lower than 0.1% and also has is passively managed. In other words, it doesn't change that drastically all the time. It just basically is what it is and it keeps growing or doing what it is over time. But anyway, let's go back to that number one, which was VTI, which is the Vanguard total stock market ETF. Basically, if you wanted an ETF that just bought every single stock that is in the United States for the most part, this will be the ETF for you. Basically, it has it gives you exposure to over 3,000 different companies. In other words, all the companies that are on the New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ for the most part are in this ETF. It tracks the entire thing and it does a very good job of it. It has a, a low and it also has a very low expense ratio at 0.03, which means that for every $10,000 that you invest in this ETF, it's only going to cost you $3. Only going to cost you $3, which is awesome, which is amazing uh, for a tracking fund because otherwise it would just be eaten into your returns. In the last 10 years, this ETF has had a return of 13%, which is not amazing, but it's also good considering that we expect that the market will grow at 8% every single year. In the last year, it has had a return of 23%. In the last three years, it's had a return of about 15%. And in the last five years, it's had a return of 18%. So generally, if you invested, let's say you invested $10,000 into this ETF, you would have had your $10,000 would have become about off the top of my head. That would be something like $30,000. Now, let me just make sure I'm doing that right. Interest calculator. Yeah. So I was right. The $10,000 would have become $33,000 over a 10 year period, which is pretty good. So that's the first ETF. It's literally just tracking every single market that's in the stock market. You see the ups and the down of the total market as a whole. So you see the, the ups and the down of like good companies and bad companies, but overall it's going to progress because there's always going to be companies that are doing great. And there's always going to be companies that are not doing so great. And then there's everything in between. And so that will help you when it comes to investing. The second ETF on the list is VOO. Well, it's actually one of two. It's either VOO or SPLG. Now, both of these track the S&P 500, which is the 500 largest companies in the United States. I like VOO and SPLG. The only difference, basically, they're the exact same thing. The only difference with the two is that VOO is by Vanguard and SPLG is by Spider. Now, what is Spider? Spider is State Street Investment Advisor, International Advisor, International Investment Advisor, something like that. But anyway, the short form that they gave themselves is Spider, SPDR. I don't know why that came up, but either way, these are two great ETFs. Both of these have an expense ratio of 0.03%. And in the last 10 years, they've had a return of 13%, which matches up with what VTI got. And in the last five years, they've had a return of 17%. So 
overall, they've done pretty good. They've done pretty good. It basically just follows the S&P 500, which if anybody ever tells you like, oh, the stock market is up today, most of the time they're referring to the S&P 500. And this ETF is a great way to just track the market as a whole, to track the US market as a whole. I really like this ETF. It's one of the ETFs that I usually tell most people to invest in. And I just think it's going to be good for you if you invest in this ETF. Uh, the only thing that I'll say is the difference between SPLG and VOO is basically the price. VOO usually trades about $300 to $350. SPLG is somewhere in that $40 range. And basically, it's the same exact returns that you're going to get on both of these. The only difference is just the price that they set for them. Uh, VOO has been around for a bit longer. But at the same time, if you're just starting off, you're still going to get the exact same returns, especially in this day and age where we have what's the word when we have fractional shares it doesn't really matter which one you go with so moving on to etf number three which is qqq the nasdaq 100 tracking etf this etf tracks the nasdaq 100 companies which are different from the s p 500 if you don't know there's two different stock exchanges that we have in the united states we have the nasdaq and we have the new york stock exchange the nasdaq is seen as the more future stock exchange because it was one of the first electrical electrically used stock exchange in all of life in the past you have to be paper forms and all this other stuff but nasdaq changed all of that so usually the nasdaq has a bunch more tech companies on it and historically it has performed better than the the s p 500 however it does it is a bit more volatile than the s p 500 in the last 10 years the qqq has returned to investors 20 percent so if you had invested $10,000 in the last 10 years, you would have come out with $61,000. So that's just something to keep in mind when you look at this ETF. It performs much better than the S&P 500. However, that's due to the fact that it has a lot of tech companies in it. And we've been in this tech paradigm in the last 10 years where tech companies have just been doing really, really amazing. If you invested in QQQ during the tech boom during 1999, when we had the tech bubble, you probably have lost a lot of money. But either way, the point is this ETF allows you to track some of the best tech-focused tech companies in the United States. Unlike the S&P 500, some of these companies are not on the S&P 500. For the longest time, Tesla was not in the S&P 500, so you wouldn't have gotten exposure to Tesla unless you had the QQQ ETF. However, the other thing I have to note about QQQ is the expense ratio. Like I said, I make expect exceptions, and this is the company that I made an exception for. This one has an ETF, or a rather an expense ratio of 0.2%, meaning that if you invested $10,000 in this ETF, it would have cost you 200 bucks. 200 or 20 bucks, my bad, $20. So it's still not that bad, but it's just something to note. The next ETF that I have on here is SCHD. This is the Schwab U.S. Dividend Equity ETF. This is for all my people that love getting paid just to own a dividend or just to own a company. I said a dividend. Just to own a company. If you don't know what a dividend is, a dividend is when a company pays you because you are a shareholder in the company and you are eating into some of their profits or rather you eat some of those profits. And basically they pay out dividends. And some companies that pay dividends are like Microsoft, Apple, Walmart, uh, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and all those kind of companies. This ETF gives you access to them. In the last 10, actually, it's not 10 years old, but in the last five years, this ETF has returned about 15% to its investors, and that's without counting dividends. So this ETF, if you had invested $10,000 into this ETF, you would have $40,000 today. 
And that doesn't even include if you reinvested your dividends. If you reinvested in dividends, that number will be somewhere close to $60,000. So that's just to keep in mind when you think about investing and getting paid dividends. It's very beautiful because it actually like can supercharge your investments with the extra money that you're getting just from the fact that you're investing in an ETF or rather you're investing in a company. And that's the beautiful thing of dividends. I love this one a lot. The only thing I don't love about it is some of the companies that's in it, which of course it makes sense if it's, ch if it's pursuing dividends, it's pursuing companies like Exxon and, and Coca-Cola and Pepsi, which are age old veteran companies. So they don't have a lot of growth. However, the good thing about this ETF and why I love it so much is it also has exposure to companies like Microsoft, Apple, and those kind of companies that pay a dividend may not pay the most in dividends, but gives you that exposure to growth, which is just as important as getting paid dividends. And then finally, the last one that I have on this list is VXUS. This is Vanguard's International Stock ETF. Think of, this is basically the world version of VTI. This is like Vanguard's International Market ETF. So you can get exposure to companies like Honda, to companies like Toyota, to companies like Mercedes, to companies like LG, to companies like Tencent, to companies like Alibaba, and get exposure to the international markets. Because there are sometimes when the international market does well and the local market in the United States does not do well. But in the last 10 years, that has not been the case. If you invested $10,000 in this ETF, which has returned about 5% to its investors, you would only have about $16,000 right now. So not a great return, but at the same time, it's good for downside protection just for like in the few, it, there are times when the US market is not doing that well and the international markets are doing much better. But these are the five ETFs that I will say for anybody who's just starting out to look at investing in. If there was one that I'll tell every single person to invest in, that one would be SPLG or also QQQ. Actually, I don't even know. For me personally, I invested in when I started out with SCHD because I was chasing after dividends. But if you're, it just depends on your risk tolerance. If you're willing to risk more, I don't know what the future holds because there's a saying in investing which says that past returns doesn't indicate future returns. In other words, what happened in the past is not necessarily what's going to happen in the future. So that's something that I always have to think about. But if there was one ETF that I'll say that everybody should start with is SPLG or VOO because it just tracks the S&P 500 and that usually is a good starting point. And then you can kind of branch out from there, but definitely would start with those two. As a matter of fact, that's literally what I invested in for my mom, if that tells you anything. And her horizon is not exactly the same as my horizon when it comes to investing, but that's the safest bet if you are looking at which one is the safest. Now, of course, I had two honorable mentions that I wanted to throw out there. Neither of this will make the top five list because they have high expense ratios and also they are not managed passively or one of them is managed passively. The other one is not managed passively. The first one is ARK ETF. This ETF is positioned to for all disruptive companies and basically it's performed way better than mo the market in general. As a matter of fact, if I look up what they've done in the last few years, in the last five years, ARK has returned to its investors 57%. In other words, if you invested $10,000 into an ARK fund, you would be coming out with $900,000. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money, $900,000 if you just invested in ARK funds. On the other hand, you also have QQQJ, which is also a new investment ETF. And it's it's uh, it's basically like QQQ, except 
it's for new the next generation of companies it's like companies like etsy companies like roku are in this fund trade desk is in this fund and in the last 10 years or rather in the last year it's not that old it's a very new etf in the last year it's returned about eight percent to its investors so i like both of these because these are more future focused etfs so if you're willing to take on a bit more risk and willing to play with the volatility a little bit more those are the etfs that i would recommend but anyway that's all i got for y'all i hope y'all learned one maybe two things out of this entire thing and if you did leave a review on any of the platforms that you're listening to this on and i'm gonna catch y'all up on the next one remember generosity is always greater than greed god bless each and every single one of y'all and i'm out peace